You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, hey, it's everyone's favorite Danny DeVito lookalike, Drew Gasparini here with another special episode of Now We're Talking, the podcast that has been deemed as unlistenable by my mother. I was so happy to get the chance to sit down with today's guest because she has been in my life since we were both children. We did theater as kids, we sang in acapella groups together, we did a little bit of growing up together. All the cool shit. She is currently an unstoppable force in the music world as one of the songwriters and lead singers of the band Delta Ray. In this episode, we talk about life, we talk about dogs, depression, theater, music, and of course, her couch. Exciting shit! Ladies and gentlemen, now we're talking with Brittany. Brittany Holges. Brittany Holges. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm Hello. so good. Hello. Uh, everybody who's listening, Brittany Holges is one of the singers and songwriters, I believe. Yes, Ooh. of Delta Ray. Yeah. yeah, you you get in there with that songwriting. I do. Um, hold on, Gordon. Come here and have a bully stick. <laughs> Gordon's my sidekick this episode because no one else is here. Everyone's getting COVID tested well, right I now. I want to hear his squeaks. Don't silence him. I won't. I'll let him squeak, but I'm scared they'll turn into let me out of here whimpers. Let um, me squeak. Yeah. Yeah, let him squeak in peace. Anyway, so Brittany, you are, of course, part of the band Delta Ray, but you're so much more, and we're going to talk about a lot of that. Uh, I'm so happy you're doing this podcast, and I'll tell you why. First why? of all... I think out of everybody who's been on this podcast so far, we've had about 16 guests thus far, and I've known you the longest by a lot. Yeah! Is, is that so crazy to think about? I just think that's wild to think about that I'm even in touch with people from that era of my life. I'm so grateful though, right? Because it really keeps you humble. A hundred percent. It does. It keeps me humble, remembers my roots and everything, but it doesn't that like the people that I'm close to are you guys and you've all skyrocketed into gigantic <laughs> I was fame. literally about to say that I was like it keeps you humble but then it also makes you be like wait what was going on in our so, something little... was in the water <laughs> yeah. something was in the water back then and we've all risen of course <laughs> to like catastrophic gigantic successes right. in our lives um <laughs> So with all this you have going on currently, I'm going to ask you what I think everybody wants to know. First question for you. Got it. If I, Drew, me. Yes, yeah, sure. If I was an animal, <laughs> what animal would that be, please? Oh, man. This I is feel amazing. like you have some sort of superpower to just tell somebody. I am really good at this sort of thing. And mm -hmm. you really are, uh, you're a woodland creature. 
okay. I, I mean, if you no, thought you were so, if you thought you were something else, I, I really we'll get into what I, I'll we'll get into what I think I I am, but but keep going. I'm a woodland creature. Yeah, and I would probably call you like oh god, I'm gonna say you're foxy. I like uh, that. To me, you're kind of a gray fox. This is, oh, wow, this is great. This is actually great. I think in my younger years, I was a red fox, but now the gray. Mm-hmm. I, I, you could say woodland creature, but I think we refer to them as critters. <laughs> I, I was hoping it wasn't going to be like skunk or something no, like that. No, you're a majestic critter, for a sure. A majestic critter like a gray <laughs> fox. I always thought I was more of like a tiger-dragon combination. Wow. Okay. Is that... Am I thinking too highly of myself? What do you I what do you just think? I think that you underestimate how cozy you are and how no. cozy your vibe is. <laughs> I do you think that you are in this like space of the zodiac that you're just not you're not, I'm not in there. constellation okay. zone. All right. You well. are someone who I like round a corner in on my hike and you're a little great fox like having coffee see uh having coffee which is a in really a, nice touch tweed hat there's like a winnie the pooh element to everything you're saying <laughs> in yeah. my mind i was like you'd be on the hike you'd turn the corner and you're like what is that a dragon tiger very muscular probably no it's well like hung. you're a narnia creature who's like oh sit down for tea then Oh, I'm not the Narnia creature that says charge and has superpowers that blast out of my eyeballs. No, no. <laughs> On the same exact topic. Isn't this fun already? What are we talking about? Brittany, what are we fucking talking well, about? Well, wait, I just want to make it clear. Like, I'm a lion, but you are not. Okay. Uh, why do you jump to lion? By the way, this is why I asked this stupid question is because I was I wanted to get to this lion thing yeah, that, right. that I see. You and your fans, everybody in Delta Ray seem to recognize that you're this lion, lioness Ooh, yes. kind of thing. Why do you feel like you have that energy and how did you feel like sinking into that and just owning it? Well, first of all, I have felt it for a long time. And I will tell you the main reasons being that my uh, my sign is a Leo. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. My mm-hmm. sign is the manatee. It's it's <laughs> rare on the Zodiac chart, but you'll find him I hidden. Didn't, I didn't know there was a gray fox wearing a tweed hat and a star freaking <laughs> yeah. hockey uh, constellation, yeah. but there is. And whenever yeah. Mercury passes through there, shit is messed up. Absolutely. Um, wow. So, um, yeah, but also my middle name is literally Lyons. What is it? Oh, it is? Your little your middle name is Lyons? Brittany Lyons. Yeah. That's so badass. Where'd you get that name? Yeah. It, it's my grandmother's maiden name, I think. Um, wow. So, yeah. Mine is Harry Knuckles. So it's weird. That was also, that was my grandmother's maiden name. Um, I just thought that was an interesting touch. Uh, okay, let's go back. We're going to go back. I want to go to things that people can't necessarily Google about you. And okay. I have the great privilege of having known you since you were probably like 13 or something. Yeah, why don't like they that. just ask you? No, you've well, known I... me since I was like, you've <laughs> known me since I was 13 as like a human person. Yeah. But I guess I should say I've known you since I was like, eight that's isn't that weird because i was your babysitter once upon a time 
Right. That's what it sounds like. I've known you since I was eight. Yeah, well, because I was friends with your older brothers, also part of the band Delta Ray, Ian and Eric. Yeah, of course. Family there was a part friends. of me. There was a part of me that was going to ask all three of you to be on this, and then I was like, we won't get anything done. Oh, and the reason yeah. I know that is because I've had many a sleepover at your guys's house growing up. And as songwriters, I was a young songwriter in high school, just like all of you guys were. And Eric and Ian, the arguments that would ensue over and the insults that would fly back and uh. forth, it got so heated <laughs> so fast. So here's here's a question about that dynamic. Yeah. Growing up in a household with two brothers and a father who is like a wrestling champion at Duke or whatever, it's like <laughs> you have a Nordic looking like they're they're wizards, they're warriors, they're they're big, big men. How did it feel being in that environment? And there was like this built-in competition thing between Ian and Eric, it seemed. What was it like for you? Well, so it goes back to your earlier question about my 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 inner spirit being a lioness, um, uh-huh. because I for sure cut my teeth in that household full of like loud and uh, dominant energy yes. creative men. Yes. Um, so, you know, I always uh, really like you, Ian, Eric, like you occupy an echelon of space in my mind of songwriter and musician and artist that is like, you can't really recreate what I grew up with, which was just like kids who are a little bit older than me, but like who are making music, which is a magic, like that is a superpower. I agree, Um, yeah. And so I had your music and uh, your voice in my ears, my brother's voices. I am so sorry about that, by the way. (laughs) Well, oh, trust me, the shit that I give my brothers about their early recordings, like... Oh, I could, I I have some of those recordings somewhere in the world ever share them, ever. (laughs) And if you examine the lyrics, it is really telling. Atrocious? Can we use the word atrocious? Well, everybody's made big leaps in their life and we're all very happy for where they ended up. My brothers were like, yeah, they were deeply competitive, but in a way that was like collaborative. It was like, if you win, I also won, but I still want to beat you. Um, So I don't know if that makes sense, but... It it makes sense to me. I think I understand a bit of that dynamic because I'm also from a big family. We were not competitive in that same way, but the idea of besting somebody within the family and in that dynamic was always kind of part of the arc in there. Yeah. Another little factoid that I think is hysterical <laughs> about your family. Uh-oh. <laughs> is not an uh-oh. It's it's actually amazing. Your father has a hand the size of a spare tire. And, <laughs> and he, like I said, he's like, what is he, 6'9"? He's something he's six, gigantic. Seven. Six, and, seven. But yeah, you know then... what? Let's just chalk it up to a, a gentleman 6'9". Okay, yeah, and sure. He's big. He's broad. He was a wrestler, like I said. And when I was growing up around that household, the one thing that I knew about him was that he was a toy inventor, basically. That's what he did, which is like the coolest, like nerdiest and gentlest profession. And then you look at the guy and you're like, how come you're not rowing a gigantic ship all by yourself? (laughs) Right. Right, Yeah. He's got like a real Paul Bunyan, like very much so a clean shaven Paul Bunyan. Absolutely. It looks like like he's the, the, the older, more attractive brother of whatever that wizard's name who picks up Harry Potter and brings him to Hogwarts. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He is a Hagrid figure. If you ever met him. But, but yeah, but like crew cut and like very, yeah, yeah. Well like kept, in a yeah, sweater. Absolutely. Yeah. 
um, yeah. dad vibes. But, dad vibes. Uh, but also like super weird and unusual, like a weird, unusual dude who like yeah. talks a mile a minute, roughs you up when he yeah. sees you. He's intimidating. He's intimidating, but also like if a bird flew into the window at our house, like he would go out and collect it and, and stroke it with a with a pine needle for like two hours until that's it woke up. Gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, that's beautiful. I remember one time I, I I gave him a hug and just in that one gentle hug, I blacked out and fell on the ground. Um, let's okay. So I want to stick in this little area of childhood a little bit because there are some aspects that I don't know and I don't know if your fans know. And uh, I I knew that you did theater and all that stuff growing up, but I want to know what it felt like going to high school. You had these two older older brothers who made quite a stamp in the hometown with sports and with music and with theater. Uh, you were the youngest. So it always kind of feels like you're following what has already been set up for you. Were you bullied in high school? Were you well-respected in high school? What was your life in high school? Tell me. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if you know that. First of all, I my brothers were nerdy AF in a cool way, if that makes yeah. sense. Like they made great grades. They were super like straight arrows. My yeah. parents are super strict. Um much strict like I always was jealous of your family because it just seemed like you guys were way more fun yeah. um, <laughs> we, yeah, sure. don't even bring up that one time don't bring it up but you know what I'm talking about um Absolutely. and so uh when I got to high school like I definitely felt this feeling of first of all my brothers like didn't get into the schools they wanted to go to it was like they tried so hard and were such like good kids and then they still didn't get kind of the, the things they were, you know, promised uh, for doing all of that work and making all of those sacrifices. Right. Um, They weren't super social. Like I always laugh that like you're one of their two friends. (laughs) 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 Um, That's not totally true, but it's kind of true. Like they just made a few best friends and that's it. And anyway, I got in there And I was always like, just separate. Like they wrote music together. They were a team, they were in competition. And I didn't really want to be part of that competition uh, when in my younger days. And I really didn't want to be part of it in high school. Um, And also I was like, uh, like screw all of your sacrifices being like a good kid. Um, They didn't pay off. So I was also pretty rebellious. Yeah, girl. How did you rebel? What do you mean you were so many ways? Like I went to parties and I was, uh, like super that lot of talking back, which in my household, like we grew up in a yes, ma'am, no, sir, uh, household. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, there was a day where I like put my phone and my keys and my credit card on the table and was like, I'm out and like walked out of the house and just walked away. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. Walked there away. Were, what was the end goal there? Where were you planning on going? I just start, I walked eight, like uh, eight miles in one direction and like then just ended up at Liz Hopkins house. Oh my God. That is just so kind of badass. Anytime I threatened to run away, I'd literally like tie the handkerchief at the end of a stick and put like a, <laughs> one toy in it and sit on the edge of the driveway and keep coming in the house for like fruit roll-ups or something. Like exactly. I'd keep coming in and be like, don't look at me. I'm just getting yeah. a snack. I'm but still I'm angry. I'm still away. Yeah. Um, and then I, ultimately I dropped out of high school, which I don't know if you 
I think you knew that. Did you I know did that? know that. I totally fucking blanked on that. Yes, you yeah. dropped out. And then you went to like Berkeley or, right? Yeah. After sophomore year, I was 15. I dropped out. Hated yeah. it. Eric yeah. left. So that was the reason. Like Eric went to college and I was yeah. like, I can't survive this alone. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And so he so, was your anchor in high school, basically. And then once he, he was gone. He was the only reason I didn't go off the deep end, if you know what I mean. Like, he yeah. was the only thing. Like, seeing him in the hallways, I was like, ah, crap. I got to, like, I do it for Eric. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Don't binge oh, drink for Eric. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, But for real. And then, uh, and then I went to community college instead. My parents gotcha. were chill. And they weren't chill. I mean, they were, like, you must do well in your studies, but like, right. um, but they let me, which is, you know, the benefit of being the daughter of an inventor and not like, uh, I don't know, a Catholic, uh, sure. headmistress. I don't know. I'm, I'm very but, happy yeah. your dad was not a Catholic headmistress. Yes. I, I agree with that sentiment. Uh, so yeah. So I went there for two years and, um, got my associate's degree while everybody finished high school. Amazing. Ahead of the curve. Yeah. Amazing. And then yeah. and then after that, it was like, I'm going to go be in a band. Let's just, that's what it was. Well, I did. <laughs> it was as easy as that. I transferred and, and got my bachelor's degree. And then I was like, I'm going to go be in a band. And honestly, like, I, I, I was reflecting on this now because I'm 31. I, I started it. in Delta Ray when I was 19. I like oh never God. had a, an adult life like a real life. Uh, I mean, you got a house, outside. you have a house, you got two jobs. You got a, you got, I mean, two dogs. two dogs. <laughs> well, they become jobs. They are. They really are. They are jobs. Do you know what my dog does? He backs his ass up into a wall and then shits all over the wall. I've never <laughs> seen anything quite like it. It's a very interesting thing he does. Uh, and just basically refuses to do it outside where I would love him to. Wow. But that's that see what I mean when I say dogs are jobs? They're jobs. Beautiful They're jobs. furry little jobs. Absolutely. Now, how old is your pup? He, right now he is twelve weeks. Oh my gosh. And I love him very much. He saved my life. He Aww. really did. That's he really did. He did. was he was Eric in the hallways of high school. And I was like, ah, all right, for you, I'm not gonna bid drink. So uh that is my dog's role in my life right Dude, now. Dude, <laughs> me too. That's why I got both dogs. I was like, I could come out of this depression on mm. my own, but I think I'd rather be doing it like on a sled being pulled by two dogs. There's a lot of like high fives I give myself for the things I have been able to kind of navigate by myself. This year was kind of not one of those things. I think artists like are predisposed or as a result of having like some very questionable endocrine like system stuff going on. Like yeah. I just, I think my chemicals are off. And so, you know, it's good because it makes me create and it makes me crave uh, performance and it makes me like- it certainly it fuels you in the way that it does I we, we've said it a lot on this podcast with other artists and um, because you know art is such a fluid thing it doesn't matter what medium you kind of work it in the same thing I believe is the appeal and I've talked about it with Eric at great length and I believe last time I was in Nashville you and I had a great like heart to heart mm -hmm. about a lot of this stuff artists definitely wear their organs on the outside. Yes, yeah. there's chemical stuff uh, with brains and that's that's an individual 
thing as well. But when it comes to how it fuels us, we do rely on feeling things a little too hard. No, I mean, I think I think that that's exactly right. Like, I okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, there's a, a rhinoceros yeah. walking through your living room. I, I just lost my headphone. It <laughs> was perfect. A stampede of of hippo and rhino just it's walked by. Just one enormous dog. Um, huge. I can't. I mean, yeah. You have a Volkswagen in your living room with you. <laughs> Hello, hello. Sorry for the interruption and sorry for that accent. I just wanted to come by real quick to remind our listeners to go follow Brittany Holges on her social medias. She is a member of the band Delta Ray. I know you've heard of them. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram at Delta Ray. And you can follow Brittany on Instagram personally at Brittany Hell Yes. In the meantime, after this podcast, of course, why don't you go ahead and listen to Delta Ray on Spotify or anywhere the hell else you can hear music. Back to the convo. Uh, so yeah, I think like, I I don't think I could, I think that my, uh, I, I love it. Like, I actually love the richness of life. And I think like what you're describing is in some ways, like when you're raised in a, in a space where you can kind of witness it and see it and be empathetic to it, you don't have to go through a lot of those hardships. It, It makes you want to create art that helps people understand each other. A hundred, a hundred percent. I think that's where I'm at, uh, just in terms of, um, yeah, it, <laughs> be feeling, feeling depressed, but also feeling gratitude, like well, that you know, it's for, not the end of the world. Ex- I was just going to say depression doesn't necessarily mean defeat every time, you right. know, it doesn't mean that we're down and out and that's the end of this. Cause it can, it can easily feel that way. But the way we crawl out is by using that as our, our lifeblood as our fuel to kind of get us to the next thing. Depression could be translated into comedy and, and uplifting things as well. Right. And you listen to Delta Ray and you guys have like literally this holy sound this like gospel richness to what you guys do with your voices. And I know that, I mean, I've talked to Eric about it. He has definitely had his bouts of ups and downs and, and right here we're getting a good glimpse into what some areas of your life felt like for you. You translate this into such uplifting amazingness. Your dog has a sack of coins. He would like to buy a drink at the bar. Yes. This is my hat. I oh my god this is why okay so because we're on a podcast and I'm not going to edit any of this out I just want everyone to know that it it my joy of doing this podcast is being able to see Britney's dogs Jericho and Torino who are enormous animals walk around in the background and literally play with things in the house he was just throwing her hat for himself to catch you know it's this feeling that that I get from these dogs that they're so much smarter than that than I realize. Yeah, and then they do stuff like that, and I'm like, "You asshole!" <laughs> <laughs> That's because they're smarter than you realize. They know exactly what they're doing. He did. He was like, "Interesting. It seems like you're doing something. You can't follow me into this room where I know you have your hat." <laughs> that he brings it out to show you. I love to take and pretend is mine, and I'm like, "It's not yours. It's mine." And now look at it. I tr- gave him a toy. Not interested. <laughs> It's not interested at all. Just looking at me like you are the Do the worst. two dogs get along? Do they get along? Yeah, that's actually why I got them. Um, they were oh, best friends. So um, oh. Jericho I got at, in uh, April. Mm-hmm. 
saved my life the first time around. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, like, basically, like, just bruised me with his, like, biting, bad biting habit. Yeah. He'd never been, like, socialized by anybody. I rescued him from a, a place, and they were like, he's a nightmare. And I was like, bring it on. He's a dog. Wow. Yeah. He's a and dog. Yeah, I'll take it. Great. I was like, we're fine. Yeah. Um, they speak a language that I can speak. And then um, when I went back, I was like, maybe I'll foster another. And they're like, how about his best friend? He's been here a year. And I was like, put him in the car. Uh-huh. I talked to them later and they're like, you took our biggest problem animals off our hands. Wow. And have yeah. they been problem animals for you? I mean, honestly, has there has it been like basically a lovely controversial uh dog training tactics i think um okay. but uh <laughs> just meaning that like you don't take like the michael vick approach you what's you that? oh what's michael vick approach you don't recall this from back in the news when michael vick was having a dog fighting ring in oh his... god wow he went to jail for it and everything oh. and then he left jail you and went right back it. to the nfl you know i can't remember people's names that's, That's okay. Not- I'm Drew, by the way. You're talking to Drew. I've known you since well, you were 13. thank God. Thank God you um, said that because I was- uh, I was about to call you Tim. <laughs> I forgot why I was here. Um, <laughs> no, but I, anyway, I just, I left Torino literally outside because he's a yeah. he's a livestock guardian dog and like super oh. stressed out like inside when I first got him. So I just yeah. let him live outside for like- it, we we're in the south, so for all of summer and fall, is that controversial to leave a dog outside these days? In California, it wasn't. I think like growing up, yeah, I had I like a my dogs dog. Yeah, right. Um, but I feel like people are getting more precious about their dogs. I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna make a real quick note to send Peta a gift basket so that they don't <laughs> get mad at me for everything. There it is. Uh, they're well, one of our sponsors, so right. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he mellowed out after that time where he just got to be alone and like listen to bird sounds. He was like a much chiller dog. Dogs um, are no different than us. That's all the fuck I want to do. Leave me alone and let absolutely. me listen to my bird sounds. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sometimes like... I put on bird sounds. I have a clock that chimes bird sounds. Okay. I'm a that's... grandma. Do you see this? Yeah, I was just, couch yeah, you are old Mother Hubbard. Yes. I am imagining the couch came with the house when you bought it in 1894. Is that? <laughs> oh my God. I bought this couch off um, Facebook marketplace. And then they were like, well, throw in a rocking chair. I was like, ah, sign me up. Sign me up. You had me a rocking chair. Oh my God. I like this couch because it matches my wallpaper. Do you see my wallpaper? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. You yeah. must have 13, 14 grandchildren at this point. Is that <laughs> accurate in saying so? Oh my yes, God. Exactly. I, wish, I wish everybody could see what I'm seeing. It's all amazing. Of them, all of them through Immaculate Conception. It's amazing. But I started at grandmother. So it's it's interesting. Uh, that's I don't know anything about science or sex or how <laughs> bodies work. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, okay, all right. Just for, for the sake of getting back on some sort of track, I could sit and talk with you forever because of our long history of knowing each other and this, that, and the other. And yeah. uh, I think we have just a lot in common in terms of what our, our mission statement as people are and, and like how we look at the arts and the giving back to the arts. And we're uh, both really back- funny. We're both hysterical. <laughs> I-, I was going to say that too. I was, I was definitely going to say that. Uh, speaking of funny, do you want to hear something hysterical about my of nephew? Course. Yes. My nephew sees me without a shirt on. Oh, no. And he says, is that a pelt? <laughs> Referring to my chest hair, he thought it was a pelt. Like okay. I was wearing, like I was wearing a pelt of animal fur that you would tack onto the wall. I have so many things to say about this. Number one, <laughs> bless your heart. Thank you. Number two. Thank you. He said pelt. He and that pelt. is the most important part of this story is that he has he, a great vocabulary. He does these amazing things where he pulls me aside. I love being the <gasps> uncle. I just love being the uncle. And you've got a new nephew, Wait, by the way, Wait, could you right? say that again? You love being the what? The uncle. Okay. Am I pronouncing happening. it weird? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? You're like, uncle. Uncle. How do you, what is uncle. it? Uncle. I don't know. I uncle? Mean, I'm no, gonna, I don't get to. I, no, uh, let's I'm go back be, to how. Uh, uncle, okay, you love being so an uncle. Go on. I'm a, I'm a uncle, and <laughs> I, I, I'm hanging out with my my buddy Gabriel, my nephew, and he sure. pulls me aside and he goes, "Hey, I watched Grandpa eat garbage the other day," <laughs> and I said, "What?" Like assuming he meant like like junk food or something. He goes, "Yeah," I'd said, "Dad," Ga-, I, he was in the other room. I was like, "Dad." Gabe said he just watched you eat garbage. And my dad goes, Gabe, you weren't supposed to tell anybody you saw me eating out of the trash. I love that a lot. But I love a five-year-old who talks like that. It's it's wondrous. I, kids it's wondrous. are wondrous. Like, they are. Seriously. Like, I look at, at Leo because he's three now. And the yeah. stuff he says is just like... Uh, I I said I was being obviously an evil witch uh, with him on the phone the other day. And I was like, I'm going to eat you. And then he said, Phoebe, we don't eat people. It's really (laughs) not necessary. It's really not necessary. I, here's why I like, he calls you BB because your name is Brittany and that's yeah. a, probably a cute thing he calls you. But when you just said that, you made it sound like he was like your gay hairdresser. He's like, BB, we don't do that. Listen. That's exactly what he sounded like. Because he it lives in Miami and his in-laws are like uh, from Long Island, I think. Oh, I'm yes, right in yes. saying that. And so they like, uh, he gets from Gamma and Poppy, like this incredible accent like I said I it was it. like this is your gamma voice and he was I talking to me like BB we don't eat people okay? it's so, so it's okay not necessary it's trashy okay, okay. yeah that okay. was just <laughs> we're beyond that 
We're beyond eating people. Thank you so much. Uh, I love I love that. That brings us right back to Lion because we were just talking about Leo. Uh, yeah. So I want to bring us into the, the family dynamic is built in here. Let's talk about Delta Ray. And there's a specific reason I really want you on this podcast because we're going to be talking to a lot of Broadway folks and there's a lot of musical theater listeners on this podcast. And uh, there's a lot of exciting things going on with you guys. But let's just start talking about like, Give us some stories of the early days of Delta Ray before something clicked, before Bottom of the River really clicked and you guys started seeing this trajectory. There's, yeah. I mean, it, what the hell was that for you guys? God, That's so scrappy and fun <laughs> to think about. I love these kinds of things. So many stories. I mean, we uh, we really did like carve out, uh, uh, I think we carved out a place to be, to grow and, and, and make things where you know when you're young you play like an imaginary game but you do it like in your room because you're a little bit worried that if like someone comes in they're not gonna get it and like right. they're gonna mess right. with the dynamic and you're like I'm building a world like get out yeah yeah sure that was us like we we lived together uh in this big house in the middle of nowhere and I say middle of nowhere I mean we were 20 minutes outside of like the nearest grocery store like Right. I worked on a farm like right. to, for the first year of being in the band. Um and so cool. it was so cool. It was beautiful. We you know, we were freezing. <laughs> um yeah. we couldn't afford like to heat that big a house. Uh we oh sat around the fire and like I never took my bathrobe off because it was like just a big blanket I could wear. And you're then, also a ninety-five-year-old grandmother, as we've established. Exactly. So that, that totally I, ate, I ate my soup. And then um <laughs> I I I remember really distinctly once we found our drummer and our bass player, uh, who were it was our first we had a bass player like come out and, and play some gigs with us and play on our on our first EP, but we had never done a tour with him. So when we were getting ready to do like our first big show and our first tour, we, uh, and this is like, when I say big, I mean for 50 people, you know, it right, was like, right, wow. right. Um, yeah. which was, which was big. I mean, a hundred percent. This is a lot of work that goes into building this kind of Absolutely. So I mean, big, if you're yeah. playing in front of one, if you're playing at all, like God bless you. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because like, we there were there was a lot of nights where we like played for the sound guy. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, he had, and he had his earbuds in listening to something else. Something else. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so but I remember after we set we like decided Mike and Grant, these guys are it, like they're our vibe, they're our hang, they're mm -hmm. our guys. You know, yeah. we've been the same six members for over a decade. And uh one of the first conversations we had as a group was we sat down on this like dirty carpet in the living room of this old retro house in the woods with like notebooks. And we just, like looked around at each other and said like, let's ask some like big questions. Let's ask like, where do you, where do you see this band going? What yeah. do you want Delta Ray to be? Who do you want to be in it? Like, what do you want to contribute? Yeah. Um, like where, where should we aim to be in five years? Where should we aim to be in 10? And it was, it was just this dream conversation. Like, you know, what are your values? What are your goals? What are your goals outside of Delta Ray? It was super yeah. honest. And I mean, at that point, most of us said, we want to be the biggest band in the world. And, and, <laughs> and now was, you are. And now we are. It, it worked but out. In a way, like it worked out 
so much better than you ever planned. Like the thing yeah. that you actually wanted found you. But I think like what was so beautiful was that kind of blind, like I'm very into the tarot. And so it, it's the fool. It's like just going out, uh, walking through your adventure without even, without any knowledge of where you're going, without any yeah. real skills to bring to the table. You're just like, I just know I have to go and I can't really like stick around here and, uh, get every duck in a row like I'm ready I'm ready to to go just based on my internal uh energy and we really yeah. we all had that we had that dream and we had that drive so the, that that's one of my like nostalgic memories I, I'll never forget like uh when I used to get home from the farm Liz was teaching at preschool and we'd rehearse every night uh literally uh, no question it was an no every question. night thing wow. every night wow. thing Love that. I mean, it was just like, it was like, that was the kind of discipline. We didn't have a goal. It was so funny. It was practice. It was like a meditation. Anyway, we, we, uh, we also worked uh, because for the first year, I think the band paid each member $150 a month. Wow. Um, that was all we made from the band. So we had wow. to make our life other ways. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And Liz lived on, or Liz uh, worked at a preschool, and so she'd get leave. She and I would leave like right around the same time. I was going to the farm; she was going to the preschool, and then I would come home, and she'd have already gotten home, and I was like covered in dirt. I was yeah. like so exhausted to the point where I would like trudge out of the thing, and she would meet me on the deck. She'd untie my shoes. Like we made it a game where she'd untie my shoes so I could just like walk out of them and yeah. walk into the kitchen. <laughs> and I'd make myself some grits and eggs and I'd uh, sit down at the table. And I always had like a trash bag, a trash bag full of greens from the farm, which we all like lived wow. off of. Um, wow. And so uh, I'd make I mean, myself- I literally lean and times, very lean times. Yeah. And, and I'm not joking when I say like, it was really uh, lucky that I had um, the, I mean, that I had that job because it kept yeah. us like supplied in eggs and, and vegetables for sure. Wow. It fed you. Wow. It did. And uh, anyway, but then I would fall asleep at the table. Yeah. <laughs> I would like make the food and I'd sit down to it. I'd put my head down and I'd just be asleep. Oh my God. Oh uh, my and, God. Yeah. It was like, it was just cozy. It, but you it, know what you're describing, which is a, a kind of a, weirdly, it's been a theme in a lot of these episodes and just talking to people. And I think it's something a lot of young musicians and artists need to hear is that it's not about booking the gig. It's not about doing the one thing to, you know, you guys sat and had the meetings and you treated this like an enterprise, like you guys were the CEOs of this business that you were trying to build. And yeah. it's the difference between, and this is kind of what the theme is, not of this podcast, but just a similar through line we've had in all these episodes is for an artist, you can go for a job and get your gig and book a gig, or you can build a career. And you guys are so masterful at how you've done that. And, you know, just having worked with Ian and Eric a little bit when we were younger, they, they hold court and they say, here's what the plan is and here's what we want to do. And here's who's going to do what. And there's a bit of that going on. And mm -hmm. I, I can kind of just be a fly on the wall in my own mind on how those early days must have been for you guys. 
when yeah. the when all this started paying, I mean, for Christ's sake, you're eating green beans out of a trash bag that you were dragging around with you like some <laughs> lunatic. Probably just or like your dad, apparently. Yeah, yeah, he's out of his mind. <laughs> there's there's no there's there's no farm. I, I think eat you just... out of a trash bag. That's how we do it. <laughs> it's horrible. I, I can't condone this. Please don't eat out of the trash, everybody. Uh, but when when it started, when did you know it was going towards something? And because anytime that happens, like anytime you sign the contract, there's a holy shit moment. Anytime you see your name in a press release, there's a holy shit moment of it's working. I can't believe this is working. When was that for you guys? Oh, it, it was such a cascade. Yeah, bottom of the river was it, but it was a real, it was a cascade of things. I think yeah. it was people starting to show up at shows. You Huge. know, we would go up to New York every month. Uh, I used to see you guys at the dinky, the dinky Rockwood venues. And oh, yeah. I remember one time at the bitter end, Eric stopped the show and said, earlier today, we played at Washington Square Park. Yeah. I just want to know if anybody came who had saw us in the park came to the show and like four or five people started clapping. And I was like, what? That's yeah. amazing. It really, like you guys had such a grassroots effort behind yourself. Anyway, I keep interrupting because I get so excited talking about it. No, again. but I mean, that's exactly it because, and I'm glad you said that because Bottom of the River, before it was a music video, before it was a recorded song, was our calling card. And it yeah. was because we could just, no instrumentals, do that song anywhere. Yeah. And like, I, that was, I hadn't sung for a long time before I got in, like before we started this band yeah. and my voice was like baby, baby, like not exercised. And bottom of the river is like, was like my workout. You know, it was like when I, I first oh, kind of discovered. Yeah. And I discovered like, this is where my voice wants to live. And so if I want to be able to do this, I have to like exercise it. And yeah. so a big way that uh, I did that was busking. Yeah. So like at the farmer's market, when I was done selling produce, we would sing a song or, yeah. you know, uh, putting on charity events. And the main thing was also like knowing we weren't going to make any money at all from making right. music or playing shows. We took every opportunity that we could. We just ground through uh, yeah. our first like year and a half of being a band. But then it really was about calling on friends who believed in us. And, and if we weren't making music that we had believed in, we wouldn't have reached out to anybody. But yeah. it was that feeling that you get where the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, where everyone in the room is like, we just vibrated like to another level. And then you can say like, that's bottom of the river. Uh, like when you sing that all together and the harmonies come together and our drummer just pulls out a chain that he carries around because he's a, a murderer, apparently. Yeah, like, he's, he's, he's in the roughest of gangs. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, then you just are, you're sort of like something's happening. And so it empowers you to say, and you have to be really critical. I mean, like we made things and then we were like, that sucked. Like, how do we bury it? Sure. Sure, Kill it, yeah. bury it in the backyard. Like that wasn't exactly. good. And and you have to be really good at that too, so that when something good happens, you can be like, I trust that this is good enough for me to go out on the limb and call that friend who I know makes videos and see if they'd make a video, to call that friend in a dance troupe, see if they dance in it, to call those friends who like are just down people who are down to do stuff and yeah. see if they'll stand out in the middle of the cold freezing rain holding a giant light 
that's supposed to be the moon on a kiddie pool full of water so that we can do 13 takes of this music video, Bottom of the River, and right. pay everybody in pizza. And that's yeah. what we did. And it was an all-night shoot. And it was, uh, you know, it, it was organic AF. And then we sent it to 300 blogs, you know, everyone tip-tapping away at their computers. Uh, we... And we had another friend who was like better organized and better at answering emails than us. And we were, he was like, do you guys need help? And we were like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Was that basically, do you guys need a manager? Was that basically yeah. what that was? Yeah. And he was like, I live in DC, but I'll just send some emails for you. Yeah. And that was like, that was it. Cause those emails he sent literally led to us he reached out to a friend of a friend their dad was a doctor and the doctor's patient was the daughter of a huge guy, Seymour Stein in New York. And yeah. his, our EP made its way into his hand and he Isn't said, mind blowing. send them in. I mean, it's I an mean, old school story. It doesn't even feel like you don't hear possible. that stuff anymore. You don't, no. you just, that, that just doesn't even exist that I've heard of lately. Or yeah, even the fact that, that a time. physical anything yeah. went anywhere that's crazy i that's mean and then within that first year of that video kind of circulating it went quick it was wildfire the video went viral you guys were on conan you guys were on the tonight show am i correct in saying yeah. that? you got you, you guys really blew up with that song yeah. and the fit but beyond the song itself i want to get to this next little portion here and it's about your fans and i have it is rare that you come by you guys even refer to them as your diehards because they really fucking are. They really fucking are. And the one thing I really like about being in the theater community is that theater fans are louder than Star Wars fans. Yes. They are big, fucking crazy, fucking dedicated. They know all the lore. They know everybody's middle name. They know your shoe size. They're fucking nuts about it. Yeah. And then there's Delta Ray fans. And it's a religion. <laughs> It is. it is. I really they yeah. they you guys have the the gift of these followers of yours and they support you blindly it seems. There's they this music speaks to them in a way that uh they I think they're going to start naming their children <laughs> Brittany, Ian and Eric and stuff like that. And I know his name is Grant, but I'm going to say it right here on the podcast. I wish to fuck that Grant's name was Doug. He looks like a Doug. Interesting. You heard okay. it here first, folks. Well, uh, you anyway. call him any name that starts with a G. So I will call him Gug. Or I, thank Dud. you. No. no. Gug is so much better. Gug. Gug is also the sound a fish. <laughs> it's the last sound a fish makes before it dies. Gug. Our bass player, Gug. <laughs> oh, my word. He's going to love it. <laughs> I have lost my mind. I had a lot of sake last night and the hangover it. is like feeling great. When's the last time you were hungover, Brittany? Oh gosh. After, uh, actually I have a great friend who lives on a farm and mm -hmm. out here and she's a badass. And, uh, I always try and get a lure her away from her farm. Cause obviously she never leaves it. She came and sat in the backyard and we, uh, killed a couple bottles of wine. And the next morning I woke up and was just like, I don't know how you woke up and ran your 30 acre farm, but yeah, that's crazy because I have diarrhea running down my leg right now. And the fact that you're farming is just a bummer to me by a lot. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, sorry. Back to Delta Ray real fast. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for, for going asking. on that, mm-hmm. that hangover tangent with me. Um, your fans, yes. And yeah. it brings us kind of right to where I want to make this the, the, the cornerstone of this conversation a little yeah. bit, is the Kickstarter that happened. Uh, yeah. a bit over a year ago. Am I right? Is that right time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It had just ended. Um, like the a, attention a that that got was yeah. explosive and the money, I, I don't think I donated, but I think I signed in to donate. And then I was like, they don't, they're I'm going to hang on. I'm going to hang on to my, my I actually money. need this. Yeah. For, it's 25 bucks. But like, that's, <laughs> that's going to, to yeah. beer money, honestly. Um, so, but now I watch you guys doing all that you can to give back and the announcements you made about whatever live performance and opportunities you guys were doing, the two albums, the live album, and all of that was kind of uh, squashed because of, in terms of promoting and touring, was squashed because of the circumstances and COVID-19 and this pandemic that was so beautifully run mm. by our government in this know. wonderful country. I'm sorry, it's a pandemic. Thank you. Oh yeah, sorry. It's a plan. It's a pandemic. Um, uh, yeah, uh, just and now you've got this new thing, which is a part of the give back, which is this musical that you guys are writing. So I want to preface this by saying, part of how we got to know each other as children was through an acapella group uh, called Till Dawn. Shout out Till Dawn. What? But more specifically, you, me, Liz Hopkins, uh, uh, Eric, and Ian, we all grew up doing musical theater together yeah, when we, we were kids in the same company. And you're kind of going, you're going back to your roots roots and bringing that and in, incorporating it into what you guys have created as Delta Ray. What, as a professional musical writer myself, um, what, cause I have nothing but stress nightmares and <laughs> wake what up to another. What are you guys thinking? <laughs> I, honestly, Why are you doing this? <laughs> fistfuls, fistfuls of hair on my pillow every morning when I awake. <laughs> Why are not why, but how is this going? And what are some of the hurdles? And this is quite collaborative because there's five of you creating something. What is this experience like? I'm so excited to know. Well, I'm very thankful that at this phase, it's three of us because once the, once the group gets involved, I actually think it, it gets much more rich and beautiful, but it's better if somebody has laid out the the framework and then right. like as all part of the process you guys put yeah. a put a foundation down and then everybody builds the house together basically yes exactly gotcha okay. so um ian eric and i are working on it you know sporadically ian's got a newborn and yeah. eric and i are doing like a the bulk of the uh i don't know just cr- generation of creative content for mm-hmm. socials and stuff for delta ray so and getting these albums ready but uh the this musical so our fans helped us raise i can i brag about this or By all, I please I, okay. I i was gonna say the dollar amount I but i figures. don't know what it is yeah i've got all the figures logged in my memory perpetually but we raised yeah. we wanted to raise thirty thousand dollars to make one album because it's been yeah. five years based on all of the uh trials and tribulations of being on different labels it's been five years since we released a record yeah so we wanted to raise $30,000 to do that. But if we raised $60,000, we'd release two and they'd be called The Light in the Dark and they'd give our fans kind of what they wanted. We raised $30,000 in 30 minutes. We raised $60,000 in an hour. Yeah. And by the Holy end shit. of the whole campaign, we raised almost a half million dollars. Uh, like what? Can I just be honest? Yeah. If that was me 
and I raised that much money, yeah. I would have been like, I'm buying a house in Mexico. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, suckers. I'd change my name to something else. I'd never see you idiots again. I'd take your cashola and I'd peace the fuck out. <laughs> well, anyway, that's but that's me. The but that's me. Between you and me. No, I um. <laughs> that's the difference between a lion and a tweed wearing gray fox. <laughs> see, but that's what makes you foxy. Oh, um, so yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think that we were in that moment, like, uh, just excited by the opportunities, like that were possible based on what people wanted to give. And I think like, we didn't, uh, this literally could have been the moment where we folded and like, it's very vulnerable to go public and do a Kickstarter. So if you've done it at all again, like. I, we did not expect it to go well. (laughs) I'll just say that we didn't, we were like, you know, why would anyone care? We, we haven't put out music in a long time. And, and when we do, it's kind of a, it just goes out there and it, hopefully it lives and maybe it doesn't, maybe people hear it. Um, so yeah, this musical was the final stretch goal of reaching, if we got over 5,000 backers, we would write and stage a Southern Gothic musical. And we did. We got 5,160 yep. backers. Good and Lord. it was, yeah, it was a relief. I mean, it was a relief to be able to say, like, we are doing it and we have to do it. Like, once we say it out loud to our fans, yeah. to whom, yeah. like, I, I love our fans. Like, the religion goes both ways. Like, I am, I just think they're the most, uh, I would say our fans are like primarily Hufflepuffs and Gryffindors. And like, okay. I just these are like- These are Lord of the Rings and Star Wars references for anybody listening. Okay, right how now. dare you say that? <laughs> Unbelievable. And I know you like painted that button on my forehead and then you pressed it. Okay, all right, Drew. But the- <laughs> <laughs> but but we do have that overlap with our fans that we like the same shows we like the same movies we like there's a there's a groundswell somewhere in there that there's like, simpatico absolutely yeah. yeah 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 and so we know that when we're making stuff we want to just close the doors again on our our secret world to say like don't come in here like it's not ready yet. Right. But with our thing behind the door, which is like a subscription service and it's like the Netflix of Delta Ray, we are video, we are recording like we're doing right now, every session, every writing session for making the musical. You're so really people, letting people watch the process. Literally, like the Google Doc, the shared work of writing and us. Like, I mean, even the shit. tedious, mind numbing, like silence that happens in these conversations. And... We're cutting those parts out. And also okay. the moments where somebody <laughs> like, like goes down a really. Video. Yeah. I mean, you have to be able to like, you have to have the freedom to know that you can fix it in post. But, right. uh, but we're, but I mean, the majority of it, it or like what's interesting is making the cut. And then we're sharing it with our fans in this thing behind the door. So literally yeah. like we've got two hour long or th- half hour long episodes out right now. And you can hear three songs already written from this musical. And oh honestly, like I, I can't, uh, I don't want to be too excited about it, but they're so good. I'm so be excited, excited about, the story. about it. Are you kidding? <laughs> it's like the music is just, it gets you like it, it, it is the best of Delta Ray stuff mixed with uh, like 
Les Mis, Phantom of the Opera, Wicked, and Jesus. I've never heard of any of those shows. I don't think anybody listening has heard of nobody's, those shows. So don't, nobody's don't use heard such of underground <laughs> references, please. Uh, I said this to Eric once before, and I mean it. I don't know how, but if there's ever a New York thing, a producer, or whatever you guys need a hand with, I... I'm the guy that wrote the fucking Skittles musical, so I'm pretty connected. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Skittles mm-hmm. was a—it was really a I've big never, deal. I've never heard of Skittles. Is that some kind of what product? Skittles—it's uh, actually just a, a nightclub. Okay. No, it's 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 a nightclub that we uh, we were just promoting that day <gasps> got it, got for it, the Super Bowl. It. Weirdly enough, anyway. But yeah. I, I mean this. I mean this because of of my connection to you guys and my excitement about your music in general and my involvement in musical theater. If ever there is a way I can help out without taking credit or whatever, I really want to help make sure this goes as far as it can. That's because amazing. frankly, your fans deserve it. Uh, yeah. You guys, you guys are of the giving spirit at 100% of the time. And this is such a feat. And I know that the, there was money given and all that, but even still, I hope everybody listening who is a fan of yours understands the undertaking of writing a musical. It is so, (laughs) so hard and painstaking. And you guys are in this first stage of it. If it goes further, there's going to be rewrites. And then it's a whole bunch of starting over again in these processes. That's what people need to know. They need to know how much work you guys are doing, of course, for you, but for them, for them, for them. And that is a big, big deal. I love how giving you guys are to your fan base. It is a beautiful thing to watch. Really. It's such a good feedback loop. Thanks, Drew. Yeah. I mean, it literally is, uh, it's symbiosis. Uh, you know, we, we breathe the oxygen that they make, you know, it's, it's just, yeah. Um, it's a big deal. And, and we don't even know what we're getting ourselves into. I mean, mostly I think we're going to call you at the point at which we get to the place where we're like, we can't do this. And you're going to be the one who talks us into keeping, uh, keeping it going. So, um, but also there's an evil preacher in the, uh, cast. So I'm just wondering like, if you're, if you're, Oh, are you offering me? I'm just saying, like, you might want to do a table read for it, and we'll just see. Uh, I'll see if I've, I'm available. I'll say okay. that. I'm available. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys can afford me, but we'll have Probably my people not. talk to you, you guys. Probably not. pizza. That's our problem. No, then then you can definitely afford me. That's that's. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like green peas out of a trash bag, but now that I know it's pizza, I am 100% on board to do whatever it is you guys You're need. You're right. I actually um, don't know how much pizza you can take in being a Gasparini. That's actually- More, more than concerned. any other human on this. Whatever, like a jacuzzi, a jacuzzi's worth of pizza. I, I'll <gasps> say that. Um, oh, man. I, I want to wrap up because we're hitting an hour right now, but I just want to say uh, real fast- um, Brittany, my dear God, I am so in awe of you, what you in particular, you and Liz have done for rock music and being a powerful woman and what you guys in Delta Ray have done for not just writing amazing and uplifting music and thought provoking music, but music that represents social justice in the times that we are living in since before Trump, for Christ's sake, you guys have always had your thumb on the pulse of what is morally right, what is good in the world. You guys do nothing but bleed yourselves out for others. And I commend you greatly for that. I've known you for such a 
a long time. I couldn't be more proud of all your guys' success. And uh, the fact that you're entering the realm of musical theater at all only tickles me pink uh, because I, I know what that world feels like. And it's kind of like an about time moment that you guys uh, hop in this strange little uh, pool with me here. And I, I don't know what else to add except for I can't thank you enough for taking an hour to talk to me and showcasing your lovely dogs and talking about your family <laughs> and, and all this kind of stuff. Is, is there anything you'd like to say to, to listeners who are maybe not Delta Ray fans, but are Broadway fans or musical theater fans uh, or to your fans right here on this platform? But here you go. Go ahead and say whatever um, you want. First of all, I just have to say thank you so much for your kind words. I got goosebumps and I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of reeling from them. I feel dumbstruck, but um, yes. Uh, thank you for, thank you so much for having me. I think that one thing Delta Ray has known for so long, and one of the reasons it's feeling so good to write this musical is that, uh, that thing I was describing where our fans were just, were on the same plane and there's a, a big cultural swell. I know that we share that with people who love Broadway. And so uh, if you haven't heard Delta Ray, but you love harmonies and you love singing at the top of your lungs and you love music with like a beautiful and heartfelt and complex message and like deep lyrics, please check it out. It's uh, It's got four different lead singers. So no matter what your vocal range, like you'll be able to crush it. And, yes. um, and also to our fans, like I hope you hear reflected in what Drew's saying and what I'm saying that you're really remarkable. Um, it's not just that we love you because you love our music. I think we, I, I think we feel like there's something happening outside of you guys and outside of us that you're building that makes us feel inspired. That is, um, it's hard to describe, but you're creating a community. Our fans create a community that is full of love and care and commitment and loyalty and, um, and just, and carries that fire, like carries that more morality and the bends the, the arc of history towards justice. And that is a cool thing. It's amazing when you can feel that way about uh, the people listening to your music. What a gift. Beautiful. Just, just beautiful. Uh, Brittany, thanks again so much. Please tell Eric and Ian and Liz and the rest of the band that I say hello and I love them. Uh, I love you as well. I really thank you for your time. And I love you, Drew, and I love your whole family. Please give my love to everybody and kiss your pup for me. I will. I will absolutely do that. Uh, all right. Thanks, Brittany. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Now We're Talking with Drew Gasparini. Uh, that's me. Now We're Talking is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and this podcast at bpn.fm slash now we're talking. And of course, on Instagram at Drew Gasparini. What am I doing? Hey, special thanks to our guest, Brittany Holgis. Gosh, I love her. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you stream your podcasts. And keep tuning in for more amazing guests. Until next time, you guys, keep coloring in those coloring books. Yes. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.